What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Buchanan with the cross in towards Alfonso Davies! He missed the penalty in the opener! He makes amends today! Outro Guys is a weekly podcast by Adriano DiNardo, Gianni Delacoli, and myself, Nicholas DiGiovanni. We want to bring Calcio back to its roots in our communities and share stories from around the world about why we're passionate about the beautiful game. You can listen to us anywhere where you listen to your podcasts, including Spreaker, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Mixcloud. Give us your opinion on social media at The Calcio Guys on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The intro song is Fireworks by Jazar. The thing that uh, many people thought would have happened, happened. The thing that us, we didn't really think would have happened, happened. Canada losing three games of the World Cup. It's okay. I said it in our preview episode uh, here on the Culture Guys with Adriano and Janney. I'm Nicholas. I said it in our preview episode when we had uh, Adam on. I said there's not many scenarios where Canada comes out feeling you know, like a failure. And I don't think it was a failure for Canada at this World Cup. Uh before we get started, before we uh, break down everything, how are you guys doing? It's been a while. At least I'm on the doing podcast. Okay. It's been a, yeah, we saw each other the other night, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a while on the podcast. Uh, good to be back on. Uh, I think you know we were smart enough to you know take Johnny's advice, wait till all the games finish, get down to you know break down everything properly. Um, it's just the three of us tonight, so we're gonna do that for for Canada and then the rest of the World Cup, but. Yeah, happy to be back on uh, shooting the shit, talking culture like we like to do. Uh, it's not as if we didn't do that on uh, on Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night, uh, with all the guys uh, at our at our guys uh, Dom DeFacio's uh, wedding. Congrats once again to them, him and Samantha. And uh, yeah, we're here. Jan, you good? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, said I was good, good before. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I, Just reading I, some I, stuff. I, uh yeah and it was a fun time uh at the wedding we did it was a lot of culture talk that's what happens when you get <laughs> Too 10 much. guys who all love culture all of <laughs> different teams talk about one thing and then the conversation conversation led to culture so that was fun it was it was a good time and congrats again to to dom um world cup we're, we're pretty much in the swing of it down to the last eight now uh canada last played what was it on thursday right yeah they played on thursday we're wednesday today so it's the been first 
almost a week since the game against Morocco. It started off well for Canada. Belgium, uh, one nothing loss. Everyone got super excited. Davies missed the penalty. Game in which Canada probably should have won, or at least got a point, and it seemed like it went downhill from there. Um, I don't know how you guys want to do this. You, you guys want to just share your general thoughts game by about game. the three game by game. Um, no, we'll, get my game. well, what I, what I'm going to say about the Belgium game kind of ties into the next two because I would have liked Canada to lose four one to Croatia in the first game and not get so high uh, after this Belgium game because I I think that was their ultimate failure. They got so high from the Belgium game. They said, you know what, we could compete with Belgium. We should have won this. We should have tied this. We didn't. Okay, we're playing weaker, theoretically weaker sides next. We could do it. But well, that was the problem. Uh, they really got ahead of themselves. It got in their heads. I would have loved to see the, the, the spanking first. Just get it out of the way. And then maybe it would have been different. The Belgium game. Um, okay. We saw Belgium didn't score a single goal after that. Uh, against Croatia and Morocco. So maybe they're, they're definitely not as good as we people think they are. But the fact that uh, Canada dominated. Obviously, like I said, we were so happy. Uh Fantastic performance from Mustachio on that one. Johnson was great. Um, Canada just needed to finish. That was the thing. That was the problem. And at the end of the day, it comes down to experience. And you look at teams like Mexico and the U.S., where they have this experience and they play in CONCACAF, uh, they were able to finish. And you know what? It's fine that this happened now because they're, they're, it's a real learning experience ahead of 2026. At home, they're going to know how to finish now. Yeah, um, I think overall, uh, it's it's going to be a different squad. Like we're not going to see Milan Borjan for sure, and that's um, we're probably going to have, uh, uh, for example, uh, Kone is getting transferred over to Watford, uh, so he's going to get a bit more experience. I think the team overall is going to be much better because they're going to have more players playing across the pond. Uh, Alistair Johnson just been transferred to uh, to Celtic. Um, you know, it's uh, it's very helpful for the squad overall because more European playing time means more time that you're playing against the best opponents in the world, which then causes you to be better prepared for next time. So uh, if you want to look at everything from this tournament, it's one massive learning lesson. I was definitely proven wrong. I had high hopes. You know, I was a bit optimistic, but uh, I honestly thought that they could have at least gotten a point but they didn't. Uh, they were able to at least break the uh, the goal barrier. They were able to get that. And out of all players, Alfonso Davies doing it was pretty much you know stuff out of legends or stories because you know he's he was the golden boy and he managed to uh, get that goal for us to finally break that down. Redeemed uh, redeemed his miss uh, in the penalty shot against the Belgium game. Um, but at the end of the day, when you look at it, the Belgium game was the one game that really could have been a difference maker. Um, that was the one that they really needed to win. Uh, but obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, so you can't uh, you couldn't think of it at the time. But that was the game that they really needed to get those three points because I think it would have changed things uh, completely. It would have uh, changed things uh, overall. Maybe they still wouldn't have gotten a good result in the, the the Croatia game, but they might have had a bit more motivation in the Morocco game. Could have helped out. Yeah, no, I agree. Listen, guys, it's tournament football. We we all know how how these things go. Uh, it's never easy to predict. 
obviously as being Italian Canadians, uh, optimistic, you know, getting behind the team, which I was glad to see a lot of Canadians do so. Um, but you guys said it right, you know, and I think everybody saw it in that Belgium game. <clears throat> the chances were there. Uh, very much so. I, I didn't expect it to them to be that much on the front foot. They were no finish. They they locked that that, fi- that final touch in the final third to put the ball in the net. The penalty. Listen, guys, these things happen. Uh, you you miss penalties. You make penalties. Uh, we've seen in this tournament in in games that have went to penalty shootouts that some teams just can't get a, a ball in the damn net. But. Um, you know, listen, I, again, exper- uh, learning curve, yes. I, I think if there was anything, you know, that point in the Belgium game could have happened. I mean, it should have happened for all the opportunities. But listen, you play these big teams and, you know, people were going to shit on Belgium and say, you know, they're not a, a top 10 nation, whatever. We can say whatever we want. But at the end of the day, it took them one opportunity to pounce on, uh, you know, a chink in the armor for, for the Canadian defense. And and what happens, uh, Bacuayi puts in the back of the net and, these are things that happen, you know, these bigger teams, these more experienced teams, that's all they need. They need that one opportunity and they'll be able to pounce. And we saw it, you know, right in front of us. Um, the Canada deserved more. I, I think they did. Uh, the three points. Yeah, maybe as well. I don't know, but at least a point I think would have been, uh, would have been suffice in, in, in that matchup. But um, it's a shame because as we're going to move along to these other games, the Croatia and, and the Morocco game, it, it's just a shame how much, um, like like Nick opened the show with, like that. I don't want to. I don't know if it's ego or what, but you know that really inflated their heads, and especially Herdman. Like you know what I mean. Like it's a learning curve for him too. Uh, first time taking the men to a to a World Cup. He's done it on the women's side. It, you know the men's game is a different game as well. So uh, it's all learning curves. You know you win some, you lose some. Um, these things happen, but uh, I think you know what I mean. Like. They, they didn't have anything to uh, to lose, like I, we said in the preview, and I've said it many, many times when we speak about Canada, but um, I think the way they went out at the end, especially that beat down against Croatia, kind of gave them a bit of a bad look. But again, we take it, uh, you know, we, 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 we take it in, uh, in stride. We move on. Uh, again, these things happen, like I said, and, uh, you know, they have to look forward because, you know, they have a lot of work to continue to be done in these next three and a half, four years in preparation to 2026 co-hosting the tournament. So, um, yeah, just, uh, happy, but at the same time, again, maybe a tad disappointed in just how things ended up, uh, finishing off, but I guess we'll break it down in, uh, talking about these next two games. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, after the Belgium game, uh, Herman did an on-field interview. I don't know if it was with TSN or with the FIFA, uh, official FIFA media. I think it was with TSN where he said, you know, yeah. we show that we're, we belong and now we're going to go F Croatia. And yeah. there was, that was a whole talk from the game was on Wednesday and then the Belgium game was on Wednesday, and then uh, the Croatia game was on Sunday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday was pretty much just talking about that. Uh, wh- I want to ask you guys what you thought about it because honestly, I don't have I don't have a problem with it because it's classic. Okay, I'm I'm taking the media attention away. The whole the whole week was talking about Herdman, and after the game was still talking about Herdman. Nobody, nobody blamed the players. It wasn't the players that said we're going to go after Croatia. It was the coach. And obviously things like this are always said in a locker room at the end of the day. His mistake was letting it out. But you know what? All three of us, look, all three of us, we're, we're hockey fans too. And if you ever follow a playoff series, there's always stuff like this. There's always coaches taking the heat from the media, this and that. It's a classic tactic. I, I don't know if he did it on I doubt he did it on, pur- uh, on purpose. But at the end of the day, he still did it, and and this is what happened. I don't like personally. Obviously, I'm biased. I don't like the way Croatia responded because they took this moral high ground where they're like, "Oh, you know, uh, I don't like what the Canada coach said. This is disrespectful to our country." Come on, guys, this is sport. This happens. Guaranteed, Croatia said worse things about Canada in their locker room. They just didn't say it to the media, and if they did, the media, the Croatian media, didn't translate it. Uh, so. You know what? This is is my games. It's it's hilarious that Croatia was so like involved, I guess, like uh, up in arms about this. It's a good moment from. It's a funny moment. Something that Herman's going to look back on if he continues as Canada coach. He's going to learn from. He probably won't do it again. But I didn't have a problem with it. You guys? Not at all. Not at all. It's my games. It's uh, pretty much trying to get into your opponent's head. Um, it also drew away the attention from the players, as yeah. you said before, because after that Belgium game, you know, there could have been a lot of heat on a player like Alfonso Davies, and there mm-hmm. was some negative press. Uh, there was. Yeah, that, that, that was undeserved on the guy. And I think he knew, and I think the players might have been easily rattled by the pressure given by the media. So what Herman did was actually a very smart thing because now everybody just drew attention to that. Nobody was talking about... Um, Canada's past performances or uh, if Canada's afraid going into the match and what are the players' emotions. Uh, that basically just got flipped into Croatia, you know, getting angry. And if it would have worked out, it would have looked like a massive genius move. The guy took a, you know, he threw a dart. He was hoping to hit a bullseye and unfortunately he didn't hit. And it's fine. It, you got to try things out, right? And it, especially that Herman knew that like, okay, you lost the first game. Now you got to get something done for the second game. You need to get a result because if you don't get a result, it's over for you in a tournament. So he just basically did what a coach would do, give his chance, his team a best chance to win. Any coach would do that. And he believed that the best way to give Canada a chance to win was to mentally psych out Croatia if it worked. It didn't, but it's worth a try. Uh, that's one thing you can't fault him for, the, the, the fact that he tried. I think that's what Herman was trying to do here. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, I, I think, uh, it, it, you know, it's a lot of first, right? First experiences uh, on, on this stage. And um, I think, you know, when, you get, when you're when you caught up in the moment, 
and this is not me, you know, excusing what he said or how he said it or whatever, because I don't, I don't mind it, but at the same time, like, you know, bring it on the pitch too. You know, I, I, we, I, we didn't see a fraction of what we saw uh, for how long we saw it uh, from the Belgian game to that Croatia game on the pitch, forget off the pitch. Like that stuff happens. You know, Mourinho makes a, makes made it, made a living uh, talking uh, in, in the media, uh, good or bad. He's done it on the pitch though. He's won on the pitch with his team. So uh, I think it kind of, it's like a double-edged sword. Uh, it didn't work, obviously, in his in his favor. I think, you know, when you're caught up in the moment, these things just happen. Like this, That's like raw emotion that just gets let out. Uh, you know, obviously, you're proud of the performance. This is your first time in 36 damn years that you're at this tournament, the biggest uh, tournament in the world. And, uh, you know, you, you went toe-to-toe against the number two-ranked uh, uh, team uh, in the world. Uh, it's obviously a, a moment to be proud of and a moment where... You know, many Canadians and maybe even some neutrals would think that, you know, what Canada deserved a bit more in this game. He said it. He, he said what he said. You can't take that away. Uh, those things are done. Um, would I have liked to see a bit more of uh, that same spark and reaction on the pitch to kind of back up that quote and not make him look as bad as he did? Yes. Uh, but again, uh, we see it all the time in North American sports. Maybe that's why we're a bit less... Uh, sensitive towards these types of things. I mean, uh, you know, like, like the guy said, these things happen, these things are said, these things are, are classic moves uh, to try to get attention uh, away from away from the players, the organization, the club, the federation, whatever you want to label it, you know, these types of things, take those things away. So um, it's funny. It's, again, it's a funny moment, like Nick said, you know, Croatian newspaper uh, had it all over on the, on the front page. Listen, we got some uh, promotion across the across the pond over there in Croatia, uh, with that little with that little uh, that little image of of, of that photoshopped uh, Herdman picture uh, on the front page of their newspaper. So, listen, it's a thing to learn from. I think, uh, like Nick said and the guy said, it's something to learn from. And um, I, I would be willing to bet that you know Herdman takes a bit of a different approach. You know, next time on the stand in in, in situations like this uh, going forward. Yeah. So obviously the the comment wasn't the problem. I think it was the tactics that were the problem against Croatia. Two <laughs> midfielders time. against uh, Brozovic. Well, one and a half, one and a half. No, no, <laughs> no respect, no disrespect to Atiba. You know, Capitano, hundred caps, but it, it looked like one and a half out there uh, against uh, Brozovic, Modric, and uh, why am I drawing Kovacic? Kovacic. I was about to say Kramaric, but no, he's a forward. Um, yeah, that that was. I think that was a problem. He came on basically four forwards. It was fine. Uh, initially, it looked fine because it's like, okay, they need a win. They pretty much need to win this. And they got the goal right away, and it's like, okay, this is good. But the goal so early is also what costed them because Croatia just came back. They controlled the game. They controlled the midfield. That was the difference. They controlled the midfield. That's it. When you have those three stars against against thirty uh, eight year old Hutchinson and and Ustakio who ended up getting injured in the game, that was the problem. Uh, he changed it up in the second half, brought on Osorio. Osorio did have a nice chance. He did have a nice chance, just curled it wide, um, but it was just too little, too late. And obviously at the end of the, end of the game, they're they're really attacking. They just need something, and they get caught twice, and and that's it. But um, yeah, that that was that was definitely the obviously the worst game. Um, would it have been different with a third midfielder? Possibly, possibly. I think, but I think you would have even needed like four midfielders to control those three guys. Yeah. 
And then at that point, you're just yeah. playing for a draw. You're playing not to lose. And is that the mindset Herdman wanted? No, that's not the mindset he wanted. They 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 needed they needed to win pretty much that game. Um, I think that's you know I forget who said it. I forget I think it was Johnny who said it. it like the Belgian game was the opportunity to take points. If they take points against Belgium, they play a different lineup against Croatia. Maybe they get another point there. You know, give them give themselves a, a chance heading into the last game. So uh, the tactics completely cost them the game in that one, and that's. I think that's where the biggest learning experience is. Now that they have that first goal out of the way, it's like, okay, this is how far we are from European teams. Uh, and this is where we need to get to. Canada has the good forwards. We know that. They're okay at defense, not much depth, but they have some good young players like Miller, like Johnston. Um, it's it's that midfield outside of Eustachio. It's, and Kone. Eustachio and Kone, they're, they're, they're the future of the other two. But now you need a third guy, maybe K Osario as an attacking midfielder. There's obviously guys coming up. Uh, that's where Canada needs to build because you, on an international stage, you control the game in the midfield. So if Canada does that, they could get the ball to their forwards who could who could go out and score. We, we saw that. They had so many chances between Buchanan and, and Davies, even Lyron. Lyron, he looked good. The player that I didn't like the, mo- the most was uh, David. Uh, he was very not himself. Regardless, if you have control in the midfield, you're going to give David those opportunities. That's what that's exactly what didn't happen against uh, Croatia. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, you know we've said it, not even just talking about this, but in general on this podcast. You know, for me, games games are won and lost in the midfield, and you know this was a perfect, uh, you know, perfect demonstration of that. Uh, Nick said hit all the points on the head. I mean. Listen, we love to see Atiba in there. He's he's been through it all. He's been he's been by this nation uh, from the get go. From you know behind this behind this uh, this association, this federation from the get go. We love to see him in there. He got number one hundred in in that game for appearances for Canada. But man, he looked he didn't he didn't look he didn't look good in that midfield for for sure. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's then it becomes a tall task for one guy in Eustachio to carry the load and. Um, I think just, you know, like you said, Nick, the tactics, the subs coming in a bit, maybe too late, uh, or help in the midfield came too late. Um, obviously I like that they went for it, which they kind of had no choice but to do so. Uh, but at the same time, you kind of have to, you kind of have to balance things a bit more to, to give yourselves somewhat more of a chance because like we said, uh, against these bigger nations, these European nations, uh, they're gonna find a way to to break you down and find your weaknesses, capitalize. And uh, Croatia was doing a lot of that uh, in that game. Listen, I think the only other positive uh, of that game, besides the goal that you know we went bananas for, I think was being able to get together and, and watch the game together. Uh, we were we were all together at Chicharos, uh with some uh, Milan Club Montreal members, with our boy Rui uh, from Providence uh, coming down to to watch the game with us. We we loved every moment of that. Um, but yeah, I think besides the goal, like you said, Nick, it happened so early and this team wasn't prepared to either hold on to that or fight for another one. So, um, it's a shame. It's a shame. Like I said, uh, earlier, uh, it just, it's just a shame that it had to go down the way it did because once they, once they tied it and then once they made it, uh, two, one right before the half, I was like, this is, this is not a place we, we, you know, we want to be in. Uh, we saw it 
We saw what happened in the Belgian game. They scored right before the half. We couldn't get anything going. Again, we, we were leading. They drew the game. They led the game just before halftime. That second half, we were, we were shot. We had, we, had no, we had no real chance to, to come back. Maybe, obviously, like you said, there was that Osorio miss, which we all, we all thought, you know, a couple, a couple millimeters to, to, to the side, they would have went in. But, again, we, we were hoping on what-ifs, a lot of what-ifs for these uh, types of games. So, um, again, learning experience, it's, it's kind of like probably the theme of, theme of the episode when speaking about Canada, a big, big learning uh, experience. Um, they gave themselves, I think, you know, the opportunities that they did, they didn't capitalize, like we said. So um, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame because I, I think, you know, that, that first point, I think, would have, been, would have been another cherry on top in this, in this, in this World Cup uh, campaign, this World Cup journey for, for this team. But listen, they didn't get it. They have another opportunity in, in three and a half, four years. So uh, we look forward to that. Uh, yeah, I'm actually just thinking more and more about the midfield. I actually think I really think that guys like Koning, for example, definitely gets a start <clears throat> um, yeah. in, in, in the future. Definitely will become part of that core. Uh, moving forward, yes, I would like to see. I do have to agree. I like to see a pivot of maybe three men on the in there, and maybe try to move towards a uh, maybe a. Like it's it, the the five men back line is gone unless you're two back unless the two on the wide are actually mobile. Like the thing is, if Herdman wants to play with three men in the back, he's gonna have to get himself like three solid like center backs or like at least two a, a solid left back, a solid right back, and a solid center back itself, depending on how he wants to use it. If not, uh, exactly. So, I mean, in terms of formation, maybe a four three three, just a very vanilla four three three, just to go with that, test it out. See how it goes before you can try to get dynamic and cute. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like as if even in the Croatia, if we're, if we're still focusing on the Croatia game, I felt like that was a lineup that was experimental. It was a risk. It wasn't something that he tested before. Um, it was something that he maybe made the call, and he made a he made a he made the wrong call. Um, and that happens. Coaches make formation errors. We see it from time to time again. And Mancini lived and died by the four-three-three, and look where it brought us, right? And now he's starting to get a little bit more dynamic. Uh, he's still, we all know that he has the three-five-two in his pocket. Um, for Herdman, he's got to find something that he could that he can whip out as well. That is that his roster is capable of doing. Uh, and just to rewind it just a little bit, speaking more of towards Jonathan David, like that's a player that you needed to get more use out of and and there was nothing that was working out for him um he's he's one of the top scorers in Liga but when he shows up to the World Cup he looks like a joke uh it's almost mm-hmm. as if his talent is just completely washed away and I, I don't want to say formation is the main reason why we didn't see much of Jonathan David in this World Cup or see him like as effective as he is in this World Cup but it does play a role and moving forward, I think Herdman needs to focus on finding some formations that just work out for all of them. Um, speaking of which, going forward, the Copa America announcement or rumor. I'm not sure if it's confirmed. I think it's a rumor. Is it confirmed or a rumor? Uh, no, it's still a rumor. It's still a rumor. It's still okay. A rumor. Well, the rumor that's going around right now about potentially Canada, Mexico, and USA participating in Copa America will be fantastic because yeah. there's a Huge. lot of talent. There's a lot of quality teams in South America that you can test yourself against. And if you can have a decent result in a Copa America, 
then you can actually, you know, start to think that, okay, if we can uh, go uh, punch for punch with the South American teams, that means you've improved and you're able to probably go punch to punch with the European team. So um, I think that would be massive if it happens for Canada. And I think right now that's what Herman, if that happens, that should be Herman's focus, uh, trying to get like maybe two solid formations in stone for that tournament itself. You're going to have some uh, personnel change in your field. Uh, mm-hmm. Atiba Hutchinson, he was our uh, talisman, our, our spiritual captain, and um, you know, like a player that I was happy to see that to play in the World Cup, you know. But he won't be there. Uh, you won't have that talisman anymore, which might be a good thing, might be a bad thing, depending on how you see things. So, uh, just pretty much change of personnel might be good for the team too, especially in the back end. I think pa- you guys think Pantamis is going to be the next starter. Uh, it's Kripo. It's Kripo's job. I know you just oh, broke his leg. Okay, yes, yeah, oh, true. Uh, I, I think I Run think if, if Kripo didn't break oh. his leg before the World Cup, he he would have at least played third game. I would have liked to see Dane Sinclair in that in that last game uh, too. Yeah. I don't know how good he is. He I know he he's done a decent job with Minnesota. Pantamis, he was there to fill a, a spot really because of Kripo's injury. He's a good goalie. Yeah, is he the Montreal guy you want for your national team? Probably not. Um, but, uh, yeah, about that last game against Morocco, we, I, I actually did want to bring up that Copa America. We'll, I want, we'll circle back to that about Canada's upcoming, yeah. um, years ahead of 2026. Uh, the last game, uh, couple, they had a couple of lineup changes. David started on the bench. Hoylet, uh, started at started for, uh, Lorea. Other than that, uh, they, oh, and then the midfield change was and K, uh, started in the midfield. Um, I would have liked to see Kone start that one too. He came off the bench on all three games. Uh, one, one thing I, I will say though, I'm not. Uh, I would have like it, it was a weird formation because it's like okay, they they talked about wanting to win, but then they make make a couple of changes, and there's a lot of guys who didn't play at all. This is zero minutes. You, I know it's 26 players you're bringing. Some aren't going to get playing time. But I have to look at the stats. Like, probably, what, 16, 17 players played out of 26? Like, Samuel Piet didn't touch the field. Joel Waterman didn't touch the field. Derek Cornelius, I don't know if he came on in the last game. I don't think he touched the field either. So, you know, and then you got a team like Brazil, literally all 26 players have played. And even Mancini, last year at the Euros, played everybody but Moret. And he talked about that. Mancini talked about that. Uh, going to the World Cup and not playing at all, it, it hurts as a player. I'm sure these players understand Canada just doesn't have that depth, unfortunately, but I would have liked to see a bit more rotation. But again, they did want to get the point. They Stop. they didn't do that against Morocco. I mean, stupid mistake by Borian, that first one. Bad pass by Victoria, and then I don't know what he was trying to do, Borian. Terrible mistake. See, I took advantage. And then the second goal is just nice. And then, you know what? Credit to Canada. I know it, it goes down as an own goal, but it doesn't happen without Adekubi, uh playing that ball in. So it's you know give it almost give it to him, right? Um, no, it, it was a fine game. I think if they play that again, Canada maybe could have won if they had it. Maybe a slightly different formation. Maybe it was stacking on the midfield. Uh, they had chances in the second half. They were a couple of millimeters away from tying it. Right? Imagine. Atiba Hutchinson scoring to give Canada their first ever point at the Men's World Cup. That that's how close they were. 
Um, it was fine. Again, another learning experience. I think they're as as them. They're disappointed to go home with zero points. It's tough. Look in their group, they finished with two teams that are in the quarterfinals. Nobody would have expected that from this group. Uh, maybe Belgium to go to the quarterfinals, and they didn't even do that. So you had number two team, and then two teams who went to the quarterfinals. So, and their two goals came against quarterfinalists. So you know what? I'll take that. But whatever. It was a fine game. Yeah. No, I think uh, you know if if we would see maybe the the, the best eleven of 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 Canada and the best eleven of Morocco, maybe it's a bit of a different game. Maybe it's a bit more competitive. Maybe it's you know uh, a bit more uh, you know pleasing to the eye. Uh, it was that last game uh, a bit more obviously on the line for from for Morocco than well a lot more on the line for Morocco than Canada. But as we as we can see, uh, their goalie is, is hard to beat. Uh, Bono, uh, Montreal-born uh, guy as well, just to add that in there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, from the lineup change to to not uh, to not really having much to play for besides a bit of pride, I, I think uh, kind of deflated maybe a bit of the game there. But um, still like that they went for it. If, if there's been one thing throughout this campaign. Uh, from qualifying to 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 being at Qatar is that this team's never given up. This team's always went for it, uh, showed no fear. They've always they've always put, you know, their best foot forward and, and really try to try to grind out some sort of results. Really be gritty, uh, which which I love. You can't hate on that type of uh, mentality uh, going forward. So uh, I give it to I give them that. I mean, the mistakes like you said in the back uh, with the goalie and defense and all that, like. That stuff can't happen on the on the biggest stage. Like you, you know, it's you're professionals and you're doing that. But again, these things do happen. I'm not gonna criticize too much. Um, but what a, what a call it would be. What a, it would have been if if I would have called Davies getting the first goal and Atiba Hutchinson getting the goal as well. Because uh, I remember I had mentioned both of them in our in our preview show with with Adam uh, back uh, back a couple of weeks ago. Um, it almost happened. I think they were what, millimeters away off the bar and down, and almost went in. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't to be. But I think uh, you know, besides maybe that a little bit of that salt in the wound in that Croatia game, I think this is a a, a tournament to to keep a hold of and keep close to close to these players and kind of a bit of a reality check and a learning curve from what we've been saying all episode. I think are the two things to to really. You know to really uh, to really look at because I think that's what that's what it's been. Um, just going back a bit on your point, Nick, about uh, maybe a bit more rotation. It would have been nice to see for sure. I just think, you know, when you're comparing to you know a Brazil or or in Italy, it's it's not comparable. I mean, these uh, these these teams can, especially in the positions that they're in when they when they did what they did of you know, bringing on all these types of players, like they were able to afford to do that. You know, Canada really, maybe in this last game, they could have probably put in those guys that really didn't get any minutes. I would have, I would agree. But I think uh, when, when you need to lean on, on your stars and your mainstays to try to get some sort of result, I think that's kind of the approach they went with, which unfortunately didn't work. Maybe they bring on these other guys, other things happen. I don't know. But um, I think going forward in these next, like I said, Three and a half, four year span until 2026, which we'll get into uh, in a bit here. Uh, I think it's going to be that time to really get a good rotation of of players because, like Johnny said, and, and you said as well, Nick. I mean, a lot of these guys, 
these older vets are not going to be there. Uh, you know, the Boreans of the world, the, the Atiba Hutchinsons of the world, uh, you know, I, 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 Vittorias of the world. I mean, these guys are probably not going to be around. If not, they're not going to be around. So, uh, you know, we need um, more than just a plan A. And I like how Jenny, you know, said that about the formation. I think it can go on with the tactics as well. But, uh, you know, have that plan A, have that plan B, plan C, and be being able to be a bit more, you know, f- flexible in, in in your approach. Again, it's easy to say that when you're playing just a friendly or a, qualifi- a qualification game or a Gold Cup game. When you're on the biggest stage, it's obviously a lot, uh, a lot more difficult to make these types of calls. But listen, we put the faith in uh, in these managers to do those, these types of things. But uh, again, I wouldn't say. I don't know if you guys are going to call this a failure. I, I don't think. I think we all agree it's not really a failure. But um, maybe, for, for my personal opinion, I just a bit disappointing in in certain aspects where I think things could have been either a done differently or b uh, had a different approach uh, going into it. And uh, but again, this thing comes with time and uh, and experiences. And I rather I know Nick has been a big advocate of saying this, but I rather have gotten these these experiences out now. And I do agree with him by saying that get these experiences, these kinks, and these uh, you know these these mishaps uh, out of the way, and kind of uh, kind of make uh, the nation proud uh, in four years' time. I, if I had a wish list, especially after all these games, um, I'd want them. Well, besides the formation thing that I mentioned before, yeah, I want them to get a bit more clinical offensively. They're they just seem like a bit of a mess. Um, you know, if you look at almost all the games they barely had any shots on target and they need to get better at that the the belgium game is a perfect example of them generating the offense and they have the ability to do that but when it finally comes to actually finishing and and you know scoring um it was almost non-existent you know nothing nothing was on target uh the croatia game you know davies header fantastic but in but in the morocco game they didn't even score they didn't even get one on target it was an own goal that basically got them that goal so like yeah. it's it's something that they're gonna really need to work on and and get a bit more clinical offensively which is weird to say for a team that finished on top of their Concacaf group the qualifier group that uh that they need to work on uh their finishing because uh, when it came to this World Cup, I guess maybe they just underestimated all of their opponents and they just had nothing going for them. So um, that's something that's on my wish list for them uh, in the upcoming competitions. Just work on those finishings, uh, work on a way to utilize David a bit more, have another ace up your sleeve in terms of formation. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Do, do, we give a, do we give a grade? 
of uh, maybe, uh, or maybe a, like kind of like who you liked in terms of players. Like I don't know if you guys have agreed to to give for this campaign. I'll but... give a, like out of ten, I'll give like a six and a half because it could have been better. Maybe a seven, six and okay. a, six point seven five. Just because six point seven five. They, we talked about it, right? I, you know, internally yeah. they didn't meet their own expectations. You know, maybe an outsider looking in is like, okay, this is what we expected. But in reality, this is, they want to do better. And then especially looking at Mexico and U.S. You know, Mexico, um, I know they didn't qualify for the round of 16, but at least they did better than Canada. U.S. qualified for the round of 16. Uh, and, and those are teams that Canada beat. And they will continue beating in these next few years. <laughs> you know, and so yeah. I, I, I'll give it that. Johnny, I don't know if. Uh, okay, so we're, I was I thought, I, I thought I was getting prepped for a letter grade, but okay, I guess yeah, we're gonna me go too. With numbers. Too. Uh, <laughs> That's okay, we'll go numbers. Uh, six on ten. Uh, they they did just enough to kind of generate excitement and happiness in terms of them being in the World Cup. That they, they they got through that uh, no goal barrier and they scored well technically two, even though one was actually a proper goal, the other one was an own goal. Um, they got through that uh, that little that barrier. So that's what I'm going to give as a score rating. Six on ten, just enough to pass in terms of Quebec. Because <laughs> uh, not everywhere else it's a five. But um, just enough for us to be like, yeah, you know what, that's a, that's a goal achieved, but nothing more after that. So hopefully yeah. it proves this for next, it proves this in four years yeah i think uh i don't know man it's tough for for me i think i'm gonna go i was originally thinking five and a half to be honest uh, i might bump it up to 50 58 59 and you're gonna have to go ask your teacher miss can you can you please round up because i need to pass like uh, it, it's a must for me all those times of going to ask teachers to 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 round up the grade to to a sixty just so you pass. I think that's what Canada is going to have to do for that. Uh, I'm going to give them. I guess I'll give them a five point nine, uh, and they're going to have to ask uh, somebody to uh, somebody to to round up their grade. Maybe they ask Johnny, the teacher, to, to round up their grade for, <laughs> because because uh, we desperately need a, a passing grade. But uh, you know, joking aside, I think you know anywhere between five and a half to six is is really where I'm going or where I'm leaning towards. I think it's uh, listen. The qualification after the 36 years, that was already done, right? We we now we enter the tournament, and now is when you get graded because all the great before we already praised that, we already knew what it was, and and, and we all appreciated what it was, and we all were so happy to see this happen after all this uh, all this time uh, gone. Uh, in the tournament itself, there was a, there was some good but a, a good amount of bad as well. Uh, and not bad in terms of, uh, like, you know, terrible and, and it's not fixable or it's, it's not what you can't work on it. It's things to be worked on. Uh, like we said, and it's not trying to be overcritical. I, I think it's a bit of the reality check too. I, I think we, we were very optimistic maybe going into this, uh, which, you know what, I, I don't take back because, uh, you know, uh, to be behind your nation, and believe uh, a bit uh, and have faith. Uh, I think you you can't take away that for, can't, you can't take that away from people. So uh, I don't I don't uh, regret that. You know, maybe uh, facing a bit more of the reality was 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 good, and that's why I'm kind of leaning that you know five and a half to five point nine six. Maybe we round off if Johnny's nice. I don't know. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of really where I'm leaning. And 
I think once we get into to maybe uh, this whole uh, possible Copa America stuff, that that type of talk, I think is really where we can see uh, you know these changes kind of maybe come to fruition, hopefully, and uh, continue for these young players to grow. Because I think you know a guy like Tejan Buchanan had a hell of a tournament. Like I know I know it didn't all go well in terms of scoring and assists and all that, but man, he was uh, he was he was a threat on that right hand side. Davies, we already knew. Uh, but some of these other younger guys really, really, really stepped up, and um, it, it's it's awesome to see. But yeah, my my letter, uh, sorry, my number grade, like I said, five and a half, uh, in between five and a half and six. Uh, so about that that Copa America. So it's just rumors right now, but uh, mm-hmm. it seems like it's pit- been picking up because you know even a week ago I just saw a couple of people on Twitter just talking about it, like not even rumors, just people shooting the shit, you know. But yeah. you know that the Conan Bowl, they invite, they invite, they're used to inviting teams because they only have ten teams in the confederation. So you know, to make it uh, an exciting tournament, tournament, they always invite teams, make it a twelve-team tournament, a sixteen-team tournament. Uh, Canada was invited in the past in two thousand one, but they did, uh, they they pulled out last second over security issues, so they never actually played in a Copa America. But the biggest issue for any any team hosting a tournament is the lack of competitive games going to the tournament because you're missing out on all these qualifying games. And it's not like you could play friendlies against the teams that are in the qualification because they don't have time for that. So you're you're left for scraps. You're left for, you know, looking for good uh, matches. And I think that's going to be the key for Canada uh, between now and and less than four years from now. We got a Gold Cup in 2023, Gold Cup in 2025. And then, so hopefully 2024 is that Copa America and there's good teams, right? And especially if if U.S. Uh, uh, Mex- and Mexico go, the th- obviously three co-hosts, right? W- right there, that's a 13-team tournament. Maybe there's three Asian teams that Quantum Bowl will invite. A nice big 16-team tournament. Um, I think that I think that'll be pretty important. But also the Gold Cup. Uh, this is something that Canada made the semifinals last time around. I think there will be a bit of expectations uh, next summer because they did win the qualifying. They were the champions of qualifying. So why can't they go out and be champions of the Gold Cup? Obviously, they have a, always a dif- disadvantage because the Gold Cup is played in pretty much U.S. every time, U.S.-Mexico. And there's, you know, there, you know, there's always uh, extra hype for those teams. But I, I want to see them win a Gold Cup now. Um, and I know that's going to be their next goal. And I think that's, I think that's important for getting ready for the Gold Cup. But I think that Copa America is, is, I think that honestly, I'd be so pumped to see them in a Copa America. It'd be so sick. It'd be 2024, the same year as the Euros. Like, that'd be like just soccer galore. Uh, by the way, speaking of Copa America, I honestly believe there was like once every like two years and on an odd number. But like looking at the history, like, damn, it's so inconsistent. Yeah, it's very next variable. One, next, yeah, next <laughs> one is in 2024. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be. Uh, That'll be interesting to see. But yeah, uh, those major tournaments back to back to back would be very helpful for Canada. Uh, keep them sharp and on their wits. Uh, keep their wits sharp. That's what I wanted to say. Two phrases split up into one. Uh, especially playing against tough competition. That would definitely help. So I, I'm with you there, Nick. Yeah, I think I think the, the biggest thing, even even just preparation to, to, to Qatar, uh, to, to this World Cup, you know, I remember... When 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 things got settled and they had that big, about um, the groups were all settled and you know Herdman got onto TSN and they interviewed him and they had a little bit of a special there and 
you know, I think I think it was was it Duffy that asked him like, uh, you know, how you gonna, how you can prepare for this and stuff like that. And like, it's hard, man, to find you know quality opponents in a in in a in a competition year in a tournament year. Like, so I think any any types of experiences, and, and we've said this with with the Italian national team. I'm going to bring it over to the Canadian national team. You know, these experiences for these young players, for these these you know, middle-aged players and maybe some of these vets, uh, for me, is all, is, all, is all bonus. And even if you get, you know, shellacked, you know, 10 nothing by Brazil or, or Argentina or, or whoever, I think it's still, it's still something to learn from because these are, these are the best of the best in their respective uh, areas. Uh, these are big nations on the world stage as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's basically... If you're not going to get a European nation, you're going to take a top South American nation or a top African nation or top of a you know, Asian uh, a nation. And these are and these are quality opponents that are going to give you uh, good experiences, good learning experiences, good um, you know big game experiences. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be you know as big as being in the World Cup together, but still, uh, Copa America, especially down down in South America, that's taken very very uh, seriously. Uh, you know, especially between the big boys in, in Brazil and Argentina and, and others. So, uh, listen, I, again, all uh, paper talk right now, I, I, know, uh, I know I've been seeing it swirling around a bit more and nobody knows who to credit for, 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 for this coming up and, and if there's any credible sources out there that are leaking this information. But um, just to talk about it tonight, I, I think, is, is a positive thing and, um, I think I saw it was a Christian Jack that I think was was interviewing. Uh, I think it was a head of Canada Soccer. I didn't catch who he was interviewing, um, but somebody up there in the federation. And, and you know, he didn't obviously spill the beans, but I think he, uh, you know, he left the, the conversation in, in in a positive way in terms of, you know, we can maybe expect a, a, an announcement of, of the sorts, you know, coming coming in the near future. And uh, I think. You know, for Canadian fans, you know, even for U.S. fans, Mexican fans, I think these are, these are, these these are big. This would be a big announcement. I think for Canada, it would be the biggest announcement just for how, um, you know, in terms of uh, tournament football, you know, we've we've obviously been lacking. Uh, are we the best, better team in 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 Concacaf? Obviously, we proved it this uh, qualifying campaign, um, and I think we can continue to to be at the top, but. Um, it for me it's 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 huge it, it's 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 really really big and not only do we are we slowly getting some of our our you know better players or star players or young players on the national team making these moves to 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 uh you know to be european or 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 abroad clubs uh that are getting you know quality minutes or uh just better experiences than you know in canada or mls or wherever else they're playing uh these other competitions are just going to be even 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 better cherry on top for 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 the whole uh for the whole uh, for the whole nation as well so um i guess it's one step at a time like you said nick you know gold cup and then and then uh copa america potentially and then another gold cup but um yeah i don't know just for me it's 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 positive news if this does happen like i said it's a very big if uh we don't know for sure but if things trend in the right direction, uh, you know, we're, we're, we should be pretty, uh, pretty happy to, to have this happen. Uh, moving away uh, from the World Cup, we got a couple of questions from on uh, 
on social media from Jamarco. Uh, uh, we know him as uh, Sauce GMP on Twitter. That asked us on uh, on Instagram uh, directly <laughs> for you, Jenny. Directly oh, for for you, Jenny. Oh God. Says, okay. Why does Jenny cool, root for the Why does Jenny root for the top half of the city at table? And how many kits does Jenny have to buy annually? <laughs> I mean. Uh, <laughs> he's just mad that Milan just got some like really cool chance, and uh, you know we just had fun at the wedding when we sang "Chloe's on Fire." <laughs> but we sang also "Coco Me Mai," which is more of yeah. an Interisti chant, if I'm not mistaken, um, at the wedding because it was a Juventino's wedding. Shout out to Dom. Uh, um, yeah, and uh, I was looking for my I was looking for Nicholas when we were singing it. I couldn't find him. I, I think uh, at that point I was probably getting a coffee or something. Yeah, taking uh-huh, a break, sure. Taking a break from taking uh, Pioli's uh, on fire. Him, him, him and his girlfriend went exploring the when exploring the uh, the reception hall. If you know what I mean. Launching <laughs> yeah. the books, maybe, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and to answer the other part of that question. Uh, I only own uh, Roma and Napoli kits or Roma Napoli kits, kits. So, uh, uh, or the Bru- or Bruins kits, you know, better than the Islanders. So I'm just I'm just gonna put that out there. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. I don't own any Milan kits or uh, or anything else like that. <laughs> um, uh, we need a we need to get the custom made Roma Napoli kit where it's like yeah, I was just, trying to stitch together. You know, I'm it, sure someone's you know, done or, as good at uh, stitching. Or or we wear it as like, you know, like, you know, like those, in the NFL, those players, you know, there's brothers and they have like the combined jersey and the mother's there in the stands wearing it. Me and Nick need a, need a, need, need, need a, need a jersey with, with the half Roma, half Napoli and Delhi Kali in the back and we're supporting Johnny for this. That would be a beautiful scene. Uh, I think it would make this joke or this insider joke, or this insider, just whatever you want to label it as, just take it to another level. That'd be hilarious. But um, if anybody yeah. knows a good uh, I don't seamstress, know, seamstress who could, we'll we'll buy one jersey each, and then we can make two of these these Roma yeah, yeah, kits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all, I think we'd be all set. He, he did ask a, a City A question. Uh, uh, who was your first half breakout player in City A? I think that's a bit tough to answer just because I completely forget what the city has like now. Uh, it's been so long. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just gonna go out, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm just going to go out and say uh, Amrabat because uh, he's the only city player on everyone's mind right now. You, you know what? Good good for him the way he's playing for Morocco. And I'm not surprised, honestly. We, we, we saw that. We saw this with him first when he was at Verona. When he was, now at Fiorentina, like, he, he's good. I don't think as... Maybe as good as they would have liked. No, uh, he's obviously having a good tournament, but he, he's not. He's not like I, I'm sure a team's going to make a nice bid on him, uh, a nice offer on him in the transfer window. I don't think he's he's uh, like a Champions League team starter. You know, he, he's no. obviously a great. He's a great player. He's maybe if he goes to a top team, he's a guy you want coming off the bench late in games to like you know shut everything down. But he's, yeah. I think where he is a Fiorentina. That's who, that's the problem, right? With these tournaments, some of these guys that other people don't know, it's, they have a good tournament. It's like, oh my god, who's this guy? You know? And then yeah. us, we we watch, we know him or bad. It's like, okay, he's a good player, but he's he's not he's not at that next level. Yeah. No, he di- he dipped a, he dipped a bit. I think his Verona days were were his top, 
I mean, listen, it's been, I don't remember now how long it's been at Fiorentina. I think a couple of seasons now, not even, maybe two seasons, whatever it's been. Um, he's important. I think he's a workhorse. We see it uh, week in, week out in Serie A. We obviously see it now in, the, in this tournament for, for this Moroccan team. Um, but I think, you know, it's uh, it, it's one thing to see this player in in a handful of games in a tournament setting rather than week in, week out in, in league play. So uh, definitely shout out to him for sure because it's great to see him represent Serie A on the world stage uh, with a team like Morocco. Uh, first time ever uh, making it uh, past the round of 16 into the quarterfinals for, for, for their nation. So uh, that's, that's you know, big chapeau for that. But in terms of the overall question, I think... Kavara Kavarskelia is the is the automatic answer on any podcast covering Serie A. Uh, I think it's the easy scapegoat answer for sure. Uh, it's definitely not Lautaro Martinez. Uh, just a little shot to him, but um, not at all. Listen, I'm, I'm big on I've been big on SMS uh, for for many of these years, and for me, he's always a standout. Um, he has stood stood out. I think another name that is now just slowly coming to me. A guy like Lukman, I, I think, is another shout. I mean, obviously, he's no, he's no, uh, yeah, with, with a subway to go on top of it is, is, is pure class. But um, obviously, he's not Kavaraskelia level uh, in terms of you know impact or in terms of a surprise player of uh, to open uh, open the season because Kavara is on a different level and he should he should be uh, recognized like that. But uh, but Lukman, for me, uh, coming into this new league in Serie A. Um, you know, not many expectations, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody really had many ex- or high expectations for him. Uh, to a team like Atalanta that has been through a bit of a whirlwind, like we've we've said t- time and time again on the show, uh, for me, maybe gets a bit of a shout on that question too by, by our boy Gianmarco. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Lukman, I think it's uh, just to change the answer, I'm going to go Lukman. Um, um, by the way, I just saw on Twitter, we're talking about Fiorentina. Uh, today they played a friendly against the funniest yeah. team name, funniest team name in world soccer. No, always this ready. This is the crazy. I'm not, always ready. Always ready. I think they're from Bolivia, if I'm not mistaken. Like, like how does, why? I, I need to know the history. I need to know the history of, of this team. Bolivia. They're from Bolivia. And then they have an English name, always ready. What's the, I, need, I need to find that. So if anybody knows the history behind this team name, yeah, give it to me. Uh, Johnny, I know you got to go, but uh, quickly, back to World Cup. Uh, quarterfinals, we got eight teams left. England, France, mm-hmm. um, uh, Netherlands, Argentina, Brazil, Croatia, Morocco, uh, Portugal. Who's, who's, whose tournament is it to lose? Who's your, who's your guys' winner from this point? Uh, from this point, honestly, it's uh, it's looking like, uh, given the last domination, it's Brazil's tournament to lose, given how they're performing and how they've been playing. Uh, they got to be careful, though. They can't take any opponent lightly because now every match they'll face is tough. Uh, Portugal's got to be careful against Morocco. They got to be lethal as soon as they can, as fast as they can, because Morocco is playing like as if they're a team of destiny, and they know that, and they have that motivation behind them. Uh, England France can be a fantastic game. I don't want. I, I just hope either both teams lose. I just want to <laughs> both teams lose for England France. But uh, I, I, at this point, it's like the lesser of two evils. I'd rather France win. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh, Argentina is the other team I expect to, to go on. So uh, I, I predicted Argentina-Portugal final, and I'm thinking Argentina gets their third star, but that's my personal prediction, and I'm going to stick to it. I'm not one of those guys that change predictions midway, but given to how they've been performing, Brazil just looks like as if they're on a mission. So um, at this point on, I think it's Brazil's tournament to lose. Yeah, I agree. I, I But I think also Argentina and, and Portugal, they – they're playing with determination for both Messi and Ronaldo for different reasons. Argen- uh, Messi's carrying Argentina. Argentina, meanwhile, Portugal's carrying uh, Ronaldo. Regardless, they're both motivated for those two guys in their fifth, fifth World Cups. So I think it would be Brazil and Argentina. They could potentially meet up in the semifinals, which would be fantastic. And on, on the other side, uh, I mean, Portugal says to go through uh, Morocco. I think that's going to be a great game. And then the winner of that game plays uh, France and England. Out of France and England, I hope whoever wins that game loses in the semifinals. Because to have either <laughs> Morocco or Portugal in the final, I wouldn't mind. Uh, but yeah, Brazil, they're playing fantastic. I think it's their tournament to lose. Yeah, I think any of these big dogs. I mean, even I, I would even say to an extent France, it's, it's their tournament to mm-hmm. lose. I mean, obviously, doing as well as they're doing, you know, uh, the, the current uh, world champions, uh, you know, still still playing at a high level, uh, still, well, actually getting out of the group stage. <laughs> they already ticked that box off, so uh, already that's a plus from 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 what we've seen from other former champions uh, not being able to do. So, um, yeah, I think for for me that if you want to say whose tournament is it to lose, I think it's it's the big boys in in uh, in France and Brazil. Uh, one thing I want to say about Brazil. They're gonna dance, guys. They're gonna dance. That's what they do. They fucking dance after they score as a as a unit. It's enough of this uh disrespectful, this, that Roy Keane, ba 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 boo boo boo. I don't wanna hear it. They they've done it for, for decades. When Ronaldo Ronaldo, the original one, phenomenal, and Ronaldinho and Cafu and all these other Roberto Carlos, uh Kaka, when they were dancing, there was no problem. Hey, it's a problem when Neymar, Richardson, Rafinha uh, well, who else you want to finish his junior? Now it's a problem, guys. Give me a break. I don't want to hear that. For me, it's a beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, it's part of the game. It's about uh, having fun too. It's part. It's about having fun. You know, these 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 players are here to perform, uh, to give us a show. Uh, you know, people pay all that money to go see these these players play uh, at the highest level in the biggest tournament in the world. And um, for me, they're gonna dance. <laughs> They've danced from from the get go. Pelé dance, guys. Neymar, let him dance a bit too. It's it's okay. Will they win? I don't I don't want them to win, but uh, let them dance. I, I think uh, when I saw that hell nine, I, for me, I laughed. Uh, I laughed because I don't know if, and it's funny to hear from a former player in Roy Keane too. I don't know if he's bitter or whatnot because because uh, Ireland's not there and uh, England's gonna get spanked by France. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, let them dance is, is really what I wanted to say. But in terms of who I think I, I want to win or should win, I mean, for me, I'm 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 kind of pulling a bit uh, Argentina. Uh, for me, it's uh, it'll be a huge semifinal matchup if the two uh, South American teams do match up. Um, you know, that's like a sounds that reminds me obviously of these Copa America finals that we keep on seeing, you know, year after year. Uh, you know, with these two nations and. I think on the world stage, that would be a huge, huge uh, matchup. Um, on the other side, listen, I think um, Portugal have their work cut out for them, but I think 
you know, they, they, they're, they're able to get by Morocco. I think, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. Uh, obviously, their keeper is hard to beat in Bono. We've seen it all, all tournament long. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think that they have the firepower Portugal to, to, to advance. And on the other side, like the guy said, I hope everybody, nobody wins. Uh, you know, we know how us Italians feel about the French and about the English. But joking aside um, and putting that, you know, to the side, I think France just has it over, over, over England. That's how I see it. I think, you know, they're from almost pretty much top to bottom. They're, they're, they're top. Uh, we, we, we've seen an all tournament long. They have a superstar up front in, 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 uh, in my boy, Olivier Giroud, obviously in Mbappe and, and, and company Griezmann and, and, you know, other, other big players that they have. And for me, I think they, uh, they're still a step above England and I think they advance. So, uh, for me, it's Brazil, Argentina, France, Portugal, and I know it's all the big dogs, and I know it's no upset. Um, that's what I'm sticking with. I'm gonna go uh, Argentina, France, the final, and for me, I hope uh, it's it's Argentina uh, for Messi, and uh, I think he. Uh, it's the one thing he obviously he's missing, uh, and no, I'm not comparing him to Diego Armando Maradona. It's two different uh, players, two different uh, statures, but for, for for Messi and for Argentina, I think that would be huge. There's a lot of Italians in uh, in Argentina. We have some relatives there too, so um, I'm pulling. I'm pulling uh, for Argentina to win it all. Um, in reality, I think we're all cheering for Morocco because if Morocco wins the World <laughs> Cup, we'd have a Canadian never... who won the Euros and a Canadian who wins the World Cup. Uh... <laughs> and we're not gonna have no. And we're not gonna have no more city to live in. But that's another story for another day. Uh, um, but yeah, <laughs> but I think that'll do it for us this week. Uh, we'll see when we uh, uh, do another episode. I'm sure we got to do one. At least before the end of the year, probably win. You know, World Cups over, World Cup recap. Well, whoever wins, maybe we'll try yeah. to get a guest of that nation. Uh, but mm. uh, we'll see. Uh, keep uh, following our socials. Where can you find them, Adriano? Yeah, guys. Uh, like we say every week or every other week, whenever we're on uh, at the Culture Guys uh, on all social media platforms, continue to follow, subscribe. I mean, a big thank you for finally reaching over three thousand on Twitter. Uh, we're almost there, obviously on Instagram too. Guys, it's because of, you know, the listens, the likes, the interactions, the friendships, the follows that, you know, we continue to obviously uh, pour our passion and our time in, into doing all this. So, again, we, call, we can't thank everybody enough. So, definitely give us a follow at The Cultural Guys, like I said, on all social media platforms for the audio version of the podcast, uh, all your favorite podcasting platforms, any video clips, head to our YouTube as well. Uh, and continue to uh, you know like, share, subscribe, whatever you guys need to do, continue to do it. Uh, like I said, we all appreciate uh, all the support that we've been getting uh, over this time. So uh, again, thank you for sticking with us, and we'll be back very soon to talk a lot more culture. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Bye. Outro Guys is a weekly podcast by Adriano Donardo, Gianni Della Colli, and myself, Nicholas Di Giovanni. 
We want to bring Calcio back to its roots in our communities and share stories from around the world about why we're passionate about the beautiful game. You can listen to us anywhere where you listen to your podcasts, including Spreaker, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Mixcloud. Give us your opinion on social media at the Calcio Guys on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The outro song is The Last Ones by Jazar. Thank you.